0: Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 28 of Aussie Talks. In today's episode we're looking back at what was a pretty good first week of finals in the AFL and you won't just be hearing from me, you'll be hearing from fans from some other teams and how they think they went in the first week of the AFL final series. So kicking off the final series and what was over a week ago now was Thursday night and I can't say I'm a fan of Thursday night finals footy but over 90,000 people showed up to the G for a pretty good game of footy between Collingwood and Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne completely shot themselves out of it, 33 more inside 50s and you lose a game of football. Uh, the fact that they were down something like 28 points and came back in the last quarter showed that, look, Collingwood probably deserved to win. If you're up that much in a game, you deserve to win. But you look at the stats and Melbourne should have won this game easily. They butchered the ball going inside 50. They just bombed it, bombed it over and over again, and and it was really poor. But let's hear from a Melbourne supporter now to give their thoughts on what... Uh, was a game they potentially let slip.
1: Thanks for having me on, Jordan. Um yeah, so I've got my thoughts uh coming from a Dees fans perspective on the uh on the Melbourne Collingwood game. Um so yeah, the <laughs> bit of an interesting game, you know, I was really expecting Melbourne to come out with a lot of pressure and intensity, but to be honest, like unlike 2021 and even even 2022 when we came out, you know, out of the blocks really fast. You know, we looked spooked against Collingwood and, you know, maybe that was the the 95,000 plus fans that were there that are all screaming and chanting Collingwood. But yeah, now we looked very spooked and uh, did not come come out with the intensity that I was expecting. But you know, besides that, you know. <laughs> Besides the first quarter, I know we were down three goals, but we ended up winning, you know, the next three quarters. And to be honest, I thought we pretty much dominated them everywhere else on the ground in those three quarters. But, you know, having 30 more inside 50s, you know, there was an expected score stat that said something like, we're supposed to win that game by four goals. And uh, I know Melbourne have never been the greatest inside 50 kick in, in, in the league, but, look... When you're having 30 more inside 50s than the opposition, it goes to show you're doing a lot right. But if you can't win games, you're not. You know, you can't. You can't expect to win finals games if you can't score. And you know, I don't want to play the injury excuse, but you know, we've got Jake Melksham out, who was, uh, you know, he was leading us in goals the last six weeks of uh, of the regular season. Harrison Petty was showing some promise up forward, but look, at the end of the day, we've got Bailey Fridge. Who's a, who's a gun, but we need a couple of key forwards. And now Tom McDonald, as much as I love the guy, uh, does not move whatsoever. He reminds me of a, a 40-year-old Dirk Nowitzki who I had the pleasure of watching live play basketball, but he just cannot move. And Ben Brown's injured, and he can't really move. And Brody Grundy's just not a forward. So, look, I'm not, I'm not liking our chances, um, I think we can beat Carlton, but Brisbane in Brisbane is a very tough task, and I just think they've got too much offensive firepower that we don't have and can't really match. Then um, there's obviously the uh, the factor that uh, we lost Angus Brayshaw in the game because of the bump with uh, with Maynard, and that one look controversial opinions going all around. I think personally, Maynard had other options when he was in the air, but, look, can't control it. We were just unlucky with Brayshaw going out, but at the end of the day, we had plenty of opportunities to win that game and just couldn't capitalise, so it's unfortunate, but I guess at the end of the day, that's why you make top four to get a second chance. Um, So, yeah, we'll see see what happens next week, and uh, we'll go from there. Thanks, Jordan.
0: So that was Sam, a uh, a D supporter there, and keep in mind that that was recorded uh, before the Maynard suspension, or sorry, non-suspension came out, so that's why he made that little reference to that there, but I think he's hit the nail on the head exactly there. Look, the forwards for them, Tom McDonald, as he said, comparing it to Dirk Nowitzki uh, is not the worst comparison in the world. Uh, The bloke can't move. I'm surprised he's been picked uh, for tonight's clash. Uh, As much as Grundy isn't a forward, I feel like someone with the finals experience like him, I think would actually play more of a role than McDonald. Like I was listening on the radio and McDonald um, had like two kicks And then halfway through the fourth quarter, he kicked a goal and hit the post. They did nothing for three and a half quarters. You can't have your forwards doing that, especially when you have 30 plus more inside 50s. But uh, hit the nail right on the head there. Expected score. Should have won by four goals. Uh, And I think it showed that Collingwood were a little bit vulnerable because first and second quarter, they were the better team. But the second half, and especially that last quarter, they just looked rubbish that's probably the, that last quarter is one of the worst quarters i've seen collingwood play all year and they haven't played many bad quarters uh, as the best team in the competition but thanks sam for doing that there now I've got to be uh impartial i've got to get both sides of an opinion of a game so here's a collingwood fan of mate of mine who's going to give his thoughts uh on the game where which sees them into the third week of finals and the favorites to win the whole thing
2: Yeah, mate, I think it was a very good win for the Pies on Thursday night. Um, I think we we started the game really well. Uh, We were able to get on top in the middle. Uh, Bobby Hill was obviously excellent all game, kicking three goals. Good performance from him. I think the first quarter, we were able to um, get really on top in the contested possession. I think Taylor Adams in particular had like eight in the first quarter himself. We got on top of the middle allowed us to get the early buffer we needed and sort of held on to it for the entire game which was uh, really pleasing to see because in the middle we've been a bit shaky the last few weeks but it was good to get on top of such a good midfield in Melbourne probably the best in the comp with Gorn, Petrarca Viney, Oliver you know good team Melbourne are um Melbourne I guess they they sort of we kept we stopped them from really creating anything going inside 50 the defense was really good uh, particular Quainor Maynard, we'll get onto his incident with Fraser later but I thought he was in particular very good and we just defended really well all night particularly as just later in the game when they the Melbourne onslaught just coming on kept coming we lost the inside 50s by like 30-odd in the end, but we were able to defend really well as a team, just flooded back and prevented them from really creating anything. Uh, yeah, obviously, no one missed a few chances. The Bailey Fritch one in particular was a bit bit of a shocking miss, but, you know, those things happen when you take shots from further out than you'd like to and you can't really create anything else. So the pressure builds in a final, and we were able to do that to Melbourne. I thought Dan McStay was very good during the middle of the game. Uh, particularly when we needed a couple of goals to just shore our lead up, you know, keep Melbourne at bay as long as we could. He was very good. Uh, Hoskin Elliott, I thought, probably played his best game of the season. He was outstanding just helping the defence and really offering help across the field, filling any role he could. He was very good. And uh, Tom Mitchell, I thought, you know, has a lot of doubt as, as to whether he actually, you know, should be in the team. I've seen on Twitter a bit But you know He's uh He proves why We got him in. Good player around the middle Helped us Get on top in the first quarter And then really You know I thought that helped us Win the game Uh With the Maynard incident You know Um I can see why he might get suspended Obviously he's knocked the Brayshaw out But I don't think there's Much in it In terms of malice Or any intent To actually hurt Matt Brayshaw And um I think it's a footy act. You know, it's a bit, bit cliche, but I think it is a footy act. I don't think there's much in it, and yeah, um, hopefully he'll be available for the game in two weeks' time against either the Giants or Port Adelaide. I think it might be the Giants. I see Port getting knocked out, particularly with injuries to their defence. Don't seem too promising for them, but you know, we'll see what happens. It was a
0: good window. So there, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the rare sights in society—an intellectual Collingwood supporter just there. Uh, so thanks Jacob for saying that one there and again that one was recorded before the Maynard non-suspension and it is going to be a suspension that is or it is going to be a tribunal case that is going to be remembered for a very long time and used in litigation in a few years time when the AFL gets sued for CTE and all these concussions. Um, Personally I am one of the rare people who sees both sides of it. Um, I understand a lot of Collingwood supporters come out in defence, Melbourne supporters, of course, the other way, Um, but it is split. The argument that Collingwood used that Brayshaw changed his direction is complete and utter rubbish, and based off that argument, I reckon he should have been suspended if that was the basis, because there's no way Brayshaw can turn his momentum in 0.2 of a second. Same way, Maynard can't change his momentum and his movement in point 0.2 of a second. So, look, what he should have done, Maynard, is tackled him, put his arms out, did pretty much anything except he did. But at the end of the day, he did have a duty of care to himself to protect himself. And look, he's got off. It's it, To be honest, it depends who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to a Melbourne fan, I'm not going to be disagreeing with them. Um, if I'm talking to a neutral, that's where we can actually have a good conversation. And if I'm talking to a Collingwood fan, uh, it's the right decision. But it is a historic tribunal case. And yeah, that, that's pretty much one way to put it. And they're right there, you've heard both sides of a Thursday night clash Now I want to move on to Friday night, and I reckon 95% of the AFL world uh, were going for Sydney. And when Sydney kicked a goal to make it six points with uh, about 30 seconds left, I think the entire AFL world started praying for Carlton uh, to somehow lose in extraordinary circumstances. Uh, If it was to be a Collingwood-Carlton grand final, uh, I'd actually be going for Collingwood. I can't believe I've been saying that. Carlton have been absolutely rubbish my entire life, so I haven't had to live with the Carlton fan fans uh, being good so I'm just used to the Collingwood fans but Carlton fans are worse because Carlton fans follow a roller coaster one week they think a player's rubbish the next week they think they're great they've had a great second half of the season Carlton fair play to them they've been one of the best teams in the comp after round 14. You know, Voss has clearly got something to connect with the players and for them to be getting into the second week of finals and have a chance against Melbourne, fair play. But you don't need to hear that from me. He's a Carlton supporter. And once again, an intellectual Carlton supporter, but he's still a Carlton supporter. uh, So you can take what he says with uh, a handful of salt. Uh, Considering when I went to the footy with him a couple of weeks ago, he said Blake Akers was the worst kick in the competition.
3: Yeah, look, Jordan, um, boys played really well. Couldn't be any more happy with uh, the start. Having Doherty kick the first. Probably the most fitting bloke to do it. Um, He's been through it all. Um, No, just overall was happy with the way the boys played. They, um, you know, lack of finals experience. But, you know, the role players really stood tall. Like your
2: Fogarty's, Cottrell's. Blake Akers, he was probably a bit stiff not to be the All-Australian wingman this year, but, um, yeah, the boy's still tall. Weiderin was showing why he deserved to be All-Australian over Wilkie. Just absolutely locking up. Hayden McLean, Joel Marty, all those spastics. Um, going probably favourites against uh, the Ds. You know,
3: no Mackay, no Martin, no worries. The boys will probably still get up play Brisbane beat them and then uh, we'll see the Pies on grand final day yeah
0: thanks Martino for giving us your thoughts there Um, Blake Akers after the game of his life all Australian midfield you're taking the piss and uh, just look at who Wilkie has played on throughout the year and uh, look who's Weedering has played on throughout the year I don't think there's a lot of uh, conjecture about that and that being said I did have Weedering in my all Australian team anyway Favourites against Melbourne, they're not favourites. Do I think they are win tonight? I think they're a genuine chance, um, but no-one's beating Brisbane up in Brisbane. That was the Friday night game. Uh, the Sydney performance on their behalf, they just, they're just they a pretty average top-eight team. You have a look at their last couple of weeks of the regular season. They keep like, one goal in the last quarter. You know, against Melbourne in the last round of the year, um, they... We're up 24 points halfway through the third quarter, didn't kick a goal for the rest of the game. They should have lost to Adelaide. They did lose to Adelaide. Uh, And there's a bit of justice that there was a couple of score reviews that were a bit uh, iffy. didn't go Sydney's way because the Sydney Sydney Football Club is one of the clubs that the AFL loves. Uh, So, look, there's not a lot of sympathy. That being said, I would have loved if Sydney had found a way to get it to extra time against Carlton um, and Carlton will lose because – Recent In recent history, what can go wrong does go wrong with Carlton, but they may have broken that uh, little manner. and uh, moving on to the second week of finals and fair play for a team that was bottom four uh, 12 weeks ago. Hell of a turnaround and respect, but please lose to Melbourne tonight. Anyway, moving on. I'm going to leave the St Kilda game to last. I'm going to move the Brisbane Port Adelaide game up. So, for about a half, it looked like, oh, we might actually have a, a game on our hands. Port Adelaide fought back after Brisbane took an early lead. And half time, I don't think there was a hell of a lot in it. And then after half time, uh, in typical Port Adelaide finals fashion and Ken Hinckley fashion, um, just rolled over. Ken Hinckley and winning big finals, it, they just don't go together. It's like alcohol and alcoholic, you know, it just really doesn't mix. Um. So, it, it, you know, I could be proven wrong and Port win the next three and win the premiership, but uh, I think there's more chance of uh, a blue moon happening tonight uh, than that being the case. So here's a Brisbane fan uh, who's going to give you their thoughts of, of – Brisbane right now, if they don't make the grand final, some changes need to happen. You're going to have a home prelim against either Melbourne or Carlton. They need to be making the grand final. Unfortunately, the grand final is the MCG, so they'll have to break their streak of like winning one out of the last 15 at the MCG. But if they get a home prelim at the Gabba, surely they can't stuff this up. Here's the thoughts of a Brisbane fan. Huge win for the Lions
3: Saturday night. Massive game at the Gabba. Eight-goal winners, cannot complain at all. I mean, the forwards fired. Hipwood, Danaher, um, Cameron and Rayner combined for 11, I think. Dominating, towering up Port's back line. Um, hard to know, though, because... It could be a combination of we just dominated or it could be Port of shit and I have a feeling it's just Port of no good, unfortunately. Um, So it could be a bit of false confidence for Brisbane and um, I predict Port will go out in straight sets, but whoever we play at the Gabba, it's going to be a tough ask. Undefeated there all year, so hopefully we can get into a granny.
0: So that was Robbo there, a Brisbane man. You've heard from him before on the podcast. Uh, he's spot on. Port of rubbish, but Brisbane are pretty good. Brisbane, look, the grand final is at the MCG, which they've only won one out of their last 12 or something like that. Uh, but they'll make the grand final. They've got to be paying a dollar one. You know, you've got a home prelim. Yes, they've stuffed it up before 2020. They had a home prelim, but surely they'll be right. They're a very good side. Um, probably the second best in the comp. But again, MCG grand final, it's a bogey for them. Now, moving on to St. Kilda, GWS. It's uh, not a great review. Look, St. Kilda, I'm going to start with St. Kilda and then I'll move over to GWS or the AFL Giants as I'm going to adopt them uh, as their new name now. Look, St. Kilda, were not quite good enough, plain and simple. Uh, a great year for everyone picked us for the bottom four. We sacked our coach in October last year, and you, you can go back and listen to my podcast on that, and I ranted and raved and said, Ross Lyon, it, we tried it, it didn't work. Uh, I was wrong because there's a genuine future for this club now. There hasn't been a genuine future for them for a very long time. Uh, there's a vision, there's some pride in wearing your colours now. Um, look, don't get me wrong. It's been shit to lose a final. Uh, you had it at the MCG. You had probably the biggest mass gathering of St Kilda fans you're going to have at a game because uh, there was about eight GWS fans there, a um, couple of neutrals. But look, it was great to see so many St Kilda fans out uh, when wagner Waganeh Malera kicked that goal just on three quarter time to get it back to four goals. That's one of the bigger roars I've heard. That was pure excitement and. Gave us momentum going into the last quarter. We kicked the first goal, got it back to about 17 points, and um, unfortunately, GWS, just too good. Look, they got out to 45 points twice, and St. Kilda fought back, so it shows we've got some real heart. Um, a lot of young guys. You know, who got chucked into the middle at one stage, and Tom Green just hip and shoulder into next week. Um, so we've got a lot, uh, the second youngest list in the competition. Uh, this is only going to provide great finals experience for a team that was predicted to be in the bottom four. Um, to to make a final to have a home final um you know to beat teams that we've struggled to beat uh this season uh you know being in Geelong that's always been a bogey team for us um to pretty much guarantee our spot in finals that's a great moment um and our start to the season being 4 and 0 Uh, and then falling off a cliff a little bit and then being able to rebound and and save the season to get a home final. Uh, It's been great. It's been one of the better seasons of recent memory. And walking out of the MCG on Saturday, I was, of course, disappointed, but there wasn't any sort of uh, despair or or anger or anything like that because we didn't expect to achieve anything this year and the next few years look really bright. And that's a really optimistic way of thinking it. But the way that Ross Stein's been able to get a lot of – A lot of performance out of these boys this season, I think, shows... That only after that this loss is only going to provide great experience to the young blokes like Philippu, like uh, Mitch Owens, Nassai Wang and Valera. You know, this season we had two All Australians, probably the first time since like 2010. You know, like Wilkie had a really good season, and I don't care what the bloke, the Carlton bloke I had on earlier said. He deserves to be All Australian. You have a look on who he's played on throughout the year. Kept Jeremy Cameron to zero goals. Kept Kerno to one goal um, on the weekend. And when Toby Green played deep, he only he only kept into one goal, despite the fact that Wilkie didn't have a really good game, Um, and also, you know, Jack Sinclair, one of the best halfbacks in the competition, even he was fumbling on the weekend, so, look, we, we just had an off game, but I think even if we were at 100%, I don't think we would have beaten GWS. They just have too much talent. And that's what happens when the AFL gives you a million top 10 draft picks over the last 10 years. At some point, it's got to click. You know, when they lost to Richmond in the 2019 grand final, you would have seen Dylan McLaughlin in the toilets crying because they put 500 million plus into this team. And the fact is that they don't have a supporter base. You know, you've got more Melbourne-based GWS fans than you would in GWS. Um, Half of them don't know the rules. And how does a GWS fan get in the MCC? We're sitting in this MCC, this bloke behind us, GWS fan, doesn't know the rules. You know, when I'm at the footy, I'm pretty rowdy. You know, I can get with a bit of banter with the other people. But at the end of the game, whoever wins, they walk past, ah, too good, mate, all this sort of stuff. i say that to the bloke. Completely ignore me. You know, I don't want to use the words I would use, uh, you know, on the podcast because I'd have to put a few uh, leaps in there. But, you know, there's a genuine respect around going to the footy. And along with that, there's also some dignity of losing to a team that's been through good and bad. GWS supporters, first of all, half of them don't know the rules. They're all watching Rugby League. Second of all, there's no good and bad. They've been around for 11 years. Like, well, at least if you lost a final to Carlton or, or Sydney, you know, they're fans who have stuck, loyal fans that have stuck through thin and thin, or thin and thick. Sorry. But GWS fans, 10 years, they've made finals, six of them. And if the AFL keeps throwing money at something, eventually it's going to work. All these top 10 draft picks, eventually they're going to work. But... Look, I would have been a lot more passionate in GWS cracking it at him if you had recorded me last week, but it's just my thoughts. The AFL Giants are uh, too good, and I think they'll beat uh, Port Adelaide because Ken Hinckley and finals is like alcohol and an alcoholic. They just don't mix together. Um, but we'll see what happens. But that's the review of all the finals during the week. Uh, Collingwood looked Reckoned in that last quarter, but not good. Uh, Melbourne, not quite good enough to roll over the top of them. Carlton Escape uh, with a six-point win. St Kilda, not quite good enough yet. Would have been amazing to win that final in front of probably 55,000 Saints fans. I've got to say, if you're a psychologist or a therapist, you should have gone to the game and handed your business card out to every St Kilda fan because you would have got so much business. You would have got 50,000 new clients pretty much that signed up on the spot because, unfortunately, it's another year of Saints footy. But... Things are on the up. GWS, too good. They'll probably beat Port Adelaide. They'll lose to Collingwood. No one's beating Collingwood. Um, Port Adelaide, rubbish. Brisbane, too good. That's the review. Melbourne will beat Carlton tonight by 12 points and Port Adelaide will lose to GWS by four and a half goals on Saturday. That's the predictions. Uh, the main are non-suspension. Uh, remember this one when the AFL gets sued. That's the recap, plain and simple. Thank you for listening to episode 28 of Aussie Talks. Thanks to the people who sent in their thoughts for their team in Martino, Jacob, Robbo and Sam. Thank you very much and I'll see you next time on Aussie Talks. Right. Now,